Welcome, everybody, to the Couple Nurses Podcast with your host, Matt Sartrek, and myself, Peter Finera. This is a podcast where we tackle current health news and hot nursing topics, one conversation at a time. Thank you for tuning in. Hope you guys are having an amazing Friday. Hope things even went well for everybody. Enjoy your holidays. Shout out to all the nurses that had to work. You know, you guys are holding down. You guys make the world go round. But thank you for tuning in, like I said before. Check us out on YouTube. Check us out on Spotify, Apple Music, Stitcher. We got everything going. Make sure you like us. Make sure you leave a comment. And tune into our vlogs. Patreon officially coming soon. What's up, Matt? Jeez, that intro's straight fire. What's going on? Let me just let tell you guys that this intro is not rehearsed and it's not pre-recorded. It just gets better and better every single episode. I'm doing great. I think um, this coffee that we had, it's called the World's Strongest Coffee. is pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. Earthy taste. I like it. Yeah, Neat. shout out to my ACM for letting me know what it's called. And we actually bought it at Walmart. I had this from my ACM. Shout out to Jeremy if you're listening. This is a good coffee. It's just warning it in the back, and I'm feeling pretty damn sharp right now. I want to say that I went golfing today for the first time, PD and I. I think it was pretty cool. I wasn't the best at swinging, a, you know. You know, sometimes you can't just be good at swinging everything, you know. Yeah. This happens to be we're not good at swinging, swinging golf clubs. Not yet. Yeah, I'm good at swinging other things. Yeah, like baseball bats and shit like that, right? Yeah, for sure, bro. You know, <laughs> I like to play softball. Softball, respect. Cool, man. Good to I'm know. actually really good at swinging with my foot, if you really want to know with soccer, but. Oh, respect. Yeah, you got pretty good right foot. Your left foot's getting better, too. Thanks, man. You'd be right. So in this episode, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk about AstraZeneca clinical trials, the association between psychiatric disorders, C19, and the truth about fish oil supplementation. I think it's a freaking awesome cup of news episode. I'm excited to get started here. PD, you want to hit us with the C19 stats? With the numbers. We're still under curfew, man. 10 p.m., right? Or is it 11 p.m. here in Yeah, I felt like a badass yesterday, so it was 10.30 and I was out. Dude, yeah. We were out looking for food to eat. That's some shit. That was probably the worst... Worst idea of our lives. But we forgot there was a lockdown, but... Yeah, even Walmart was closed, and that, that place is always open. Dude, yeah. But I wonder what stores are open then. What stores can bypass your curfew? Because what if, what if someone's pipes burst or something happens? There has to be something. I feel like right. a 7-Eleven would be but you're gonna have, ideal you're, place open. You're not going to have any kind of pipe stuff for 7-Eleven. You better call a plumber if it's that bad. But then what if a plumber doesn't have the supplies that he needs? You know, it's not like a plumber has everything that he needs. Is he a plumber in that case? Jeez, and he's man. a plumber, but he doesn't have, like, every supply on call, Right. I would think, you, you know, know, just like, you know, those um, truck drivers or that like take service calls, you could fix it, mm-hmm. you know, a truck on a highway. He has everything, man. True, but it doesn't always have, well, he doesn't always have everything, everything. He just has stuff that will fix it in a moment if, if it's that given vehicle, you know, that brand, right? Because they brand, right? Sure, Pete. I mean, I've done, I've done some plumbing in my time, you know, and like sometimes you just don't have the shit you need. You're just like, damn, I got to go get a Colanco or something. Yeah, I know. Go to Home Depot. Little Do you remember when we tried to build the PVC pipe or uh, green screen of the PVC pipes? Yes, that cool. was solid. We did that like we did a lot of times in the beginning of this podcast, like last year, we would always have to build something for like a platform for the green screen all yeah. the time. Everywhere we go, because we didn't know what kind of background to do, and we thought green screen was a, was this a great idea because you could put whatever you want. We could be in the ocean podcasting, even though we didn't really do anything crazy with it. We just made it gray, right? Yeah, you guys should have seen the freaking scene in um, Oakland. Like, it was literally duct taped into the wall, uh-huh. holding by who knows what, like a little pole up top. Yeah, it looked decent on camera, but he, if you zoomed it out, there's like duct tape everywhere, dude. Like yeah. duct tape, there's like rubber bands, like shoelaces, dude. Anything that we had, that we, had we used. It was good times. All these numbers, guys. Give me so a pump, man. That was good. Respect. We made it work, man. We made it work. And we made everything work. But then we, the solid green screen we had was, a, it was at your condo in Chicago. That was the most legit one we've had. Yeah, it's, it's sitting cool. locked up now. Until yeah. next time. Yeah. I guess so numbers, you know, still popping over here globally. We got about 62 million cases globally with about 
1.5 million deaths. Here in the U.S., we have about 13.5 million cases with about 272,000 deaths. But don't let that fool you because we do have over 8 million recovery cases. And states-wise, numbers-wise, cases-wise, still basically the same. Texas, number one. California, number two. We got Florida at third. Coming in hot at fourth, Illinois, and then five, New York. What if... um. I'm not a big baseball fan, but you know how each state basically has a baseball team? What if the standings for baseball teams were the same way? That'd be some shit. That'd be funny. I mean, that would be funny if you Somebody's making some moves. Yeah. The next um, Cup of News episode we have, we're going to introduce, like, what is the protocol for COVID-19, some Mm. inflammatory markers that we check in the hospital, like interleukin, they do CPKs, they do lactic. So we're going to go into the breakdown of what the protocol is, like the vent protocols. So make sure you guys tune in to next episode as well. Yeah, because last time we touched upon that, that was still beginning of COVID and people weren't really sure on how to treat it yet, right? There was just like the hydroxychloroquine phase, then we have the remdesivir phase. And now there's, it's cool to see how the, the protocol progresses. Yeah. So I'm actually interested to see um, what we actually do now and why we actually do it. I mean, we still literally don't know how to treat mm-hmm. this thing. Like we're still testing drugs. We're still using remdesivir and we're using decadron as a steroid because that's just what we've always had and it's been working, but... There's a lot of people that are just, you know, clotting up. And one thing that they did fix is the whole transition from heparin to angiomax. Mm. So with these C19 patients, they've realized there's a lot of patients that are bleeding out and, like, clotting up and just bleeding even from their mouth sometimes or trach, dude. Like some DIC kind of stuff? Yeah, with with heparin. So using angiomax, which is just another a platelet inhibitor that prevents clotting, it's they've been having better performance. Nice. Com- uh, not performance. I don't want to say it like that. But better, better patient outcomes, I would say. Yeah, that makes sense. So, guys, AstraZeneca has come out with some startling news. You know how Moderna and Pfizer have these beautiful vaccines, supposedly, that are over 90% effective, 94% effective. Well, AstraZeneca was, I don't know, they were caught or what the exact situation was, but they came out saying that their vaccine is only about 62% effective. And that isn't very well. If you guys remember, Dr. Fauci was saying that a vaccine that's about 65 to 75% accurate was something that we would accept in so, such short-term notice. And he was actually surprised that Moderna and Pfizer were able to create a vaccine that's over 90% effective. So he was very surprised in that. So 62 on a normal scale would probably be normal. But then when you compare it to the other two companies that have a better vaccine, this is, you know, it's nothing. And their research was done in, in pretty uh, poor manner as well. Yeah. First of all, I was yeah. going to say, what gets really tricky here is, so what Peter explained, 62% efficiency, that's taking a full dose at the beginning and a full dose within a month. So they had a random study of 2,741 participants that, and they didn't even plan this out. This was by mistake. They only gave them half a dose at the beginning of the first time, full dose later. That trial group came out 90% efficient. So AstraZeneca found out that if you're, if the group gets half a dose first and then a full dose, their vaccine is 90, 90% efficient. That's some shit. But what's, what's silly is, would you discredit this program because they've created such a mistake where they created a control group, you know, not on purpose, and they realize, oh, wow, this is more efficient than the full dose. Yeah, isn't that crazy? I don't know if I would... I'll Trust def- it. Yeah, I definitely am looking at I'm probably like a little skeptical now. Like, but the thing is, they did come out with honestly saying, hey, their vaccine was this. And to be honest, like, think about it. Not every manufacturer is going to create a working virus, right? Not everybody's going to have a, a vaccine, or sorry, a working vaccine. Not every company is going to have a vaccine that's going to be 90% effective, right? 
because otherwise, you know, they're basically creating the same thing, right? So there's going to be some companies that hit the mark and miss the mark. And this is good. Actually, this is actually pretty good because it shows that, hey, we're not only getting this, this good news, this, this positive vaccine news, we're also getting the other side where, hey, not every vaccine trial is going to work, right? Yep. Because now for the truth between these, these three, unfortunately, no one's going to fix this AstraZeneca one, correct? And they fucked up on their study too. Like that kind of shows like how, how first of all, how rushed were they in creating this? Was just like basically a, a pony horse race to the end just to find something just so you can make some money off it. Because if they made the mistake from the beginning where they only managed to half the required dose, like your experiment is basically null from then on. Yeah, like, right? like it's hurting your accreditation. Yeah. And, and plus... You have ninety percent efficiency on two point seven k patients, while Moderna has thirty k yeah. on ninety four point five percent efficiency. So you're gonna be leaning that way. And the same thing with the stocks. If you guys listened to our episode last week and be like, "Oh shit, they're Moderna uh, shareholders," and if you guys purchased a thousand dollars worth of Moderna stock, well, this week you you would have made ten percent because that's how much the stock rose after hearing this news. Yeah. So you would have made a hundred bucks on a thousand bucks. Yeah, not bad, dude, for just some overnight money. Yeah, you know, some hey, overnight oats. Hey, we'll start throwing some um some stock market tips and see, you know, Maybe if people loud. purchase it in. Yeah, we'll have a couple of subsidiary, like a little company. finance department. Yeah, yeah. So long story short, AstraZeneca definitely fucked up, and they're probably not gonna be viewed as a valid vaccine creator, even if, even if this, because you know how they said the half dose first and a full dose second was more more efficient. Like, they only did it on music, you said, 2,741 people, which is basically not that much, right? Yeah. It's, it's, like, minute compared to Pfizer and Moderna's. The, the way I see this is there's, like, this vaccine race. So those two companies that we mentioned earlier, Pfizer and Moderna, it seems like they're going to, like, basically take the contracts in, like, United States or these big countries. Then once these other companies are going to actually create better studies, they're going to just sell it off to the third world countries and still supply vaccinations, but it just won't be maybe as efficient or not as costly. I have no idea how this is even judged and how it's distributed. Uh, well, looking at how it's going, like, you know, like the U.S. government already ordered X amount of million doses of the two two vaccines once they become, yeah, you know... 300 million. Yeah, once they get officially a- approved. Uh, I mean, these people are going to basically dump these vaccines on it in each country that can afford it. And like you said before, the small companies like AstraZeneca, if their vaccine does get approved. So just because it's 62% effective doesn't mean it's not going to get approved, right? Yeah. You get approved, but no one's going to buy it in the United States. Well, what countries might buy it is the smaller countries, maybe some countries in Africa, some smaller ones that have, you know, COVID going on, they can't afford these vaccines, but need it. But to be honest, even if I was a poor country and this vaccine was only 62% effective, I would not sound like a dick. I would just let my people get COVID-19. I rather bet my immune system on that. Yeah, yeah. then, you know, and they only did a small sample size, so God, God forbid you give this to, let's see, say 100,000 people, and it's only been experimented on 2,000 people. Like, that's still a lot of room for negative effects. So exactly. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't trust it. If you guys have a choice to get the AstraZeneca vaccine, if there's a questionnaire that says, hey, which vaccine do you want? Don't pick the AstraZeneca one. Yeah, like me, Peter and I aren't like anti-vaxxers. Like, we're vaccinated I believe in the smallpox. I believe in like the polio vaccine. It, basically, polio is eradicated in the United States because of vaccinations. But when, when you when you want to get a vaccine that's barely tested a few months and you see these like slippery falls right here like this one or remember that one vaccine company had to stop the trial because of like a patient getting sick. Mm. 
it gets a little sketchy. I don't want to be the guinea pig the first time this comes around. I'd rather do version 2.0 or something yeah. if I were to put my money on it. So yeah. just just be cautious. It's your body. Protect it just like anything else. Yeah, true. And once you get like these severe... What if it's like this this vaccine is 94% effective, but you also have a 6% chance of getting, let's say, getting Alzheimer's or, or you know... Six percent chance of you know being a paraplegic or sixty six sorry sixty six but sorry six percent of getting some kind of crazy muscular abnormality like most like like just some random like even like arthritis like I would have wanted I wouldn't I wouldn't take it I would rather put my money in my immune system because there's still a six percent chance of me getting something like like fuck that I don't I want to I wouldn't risk it I agree with you even though it's minute like it's the odds are definitely in my favor I still wouldn't want it. Yeah, and a fun fact about this virus it's called the AZD one two 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 this vaccine I should say. And it's actually made by a replication-deficient chimpanzee viral vector. So they took a weakened version of this common cold virus, and they, they figured out that it's the same genetic material as the SARS-CoV-2 virus spike protein. So they take these spike proteins, and they inject it into your body technically, and this creates this um, priming of the immune system that later creates this memory of fighting off the infection if you were to get infected. So I kind of like how that works. It's cool how that works, right? Yeah, so like technically the vaccine just dies off, but your memory, your immune system keeps this like playbook of like, mm-hmm. hey, this is this is the target if they come around. Exactly, and it's how you kill it. Dude, like I mean, it's so cool. Like we did a few episodes about this and it's just always mind-blowing on how it just like gets an infection, it remembers how to fight it off, and next time it knows how to do it and you're not even like, you even get any kind of fever or anything like that. It's crazy. Like it's why you even get the flu like once a year because once you get the flu, hey, your body knows how to fight it and then... You're banking on that. It's the only, only flu. You know, there's different strains. A lot of times people could get up to like two or three flus in a year. Yeah. But if you get hit with two or three flus at the same time and your body fights them off, then guess what? You're immune for the rest of the rest of the winter. You know, it's interesting. We never heard like what's the efficiency success of like the strain of vaccines that we get for the flu, right? That's, not, ne- that's never talked about. They don't release that. They just mm-hmm. give us the damn vaccine and they, they says, hey, this is going to fight it off. We don't... We never get a proficient of how effective these labs have made it. That's a good thing. I could look the bad boy up real quick. Yeah, and while you do that, so the next couple of news we have episode is there's a bi-directional association between COVID-19 and psychiatric disorders. Um, so psychiatric disorders could include anything from anxiety, depression. Um, it would be anything from schizo, eating disorders, addictive behaviors, depression. So that's all generalized as a psychiatric disorder. So you would think that Yes, there's risk factors for developing, especially having, you know, C19 happen to you. So this study was able to take, um, use, you know, EMRs, electronic health records, and they're able to take 69 million individuals, 62,000 of which had COVID-19. And they're able to compare like the, um, what are the associations that different health, health events and kind of break down whether these patients were at risk. While I'm talking, did you ever, were you able to find some yeah. info? So... I found a, I just looked it up real quick, so I found two spots. So um, one talks about the 2012 flu vaccine, which is going to be pretty well measured because, you know, we've had a long time to look for it. That was about a little bit above 60% effective. 60%? Yeah. That's it? That's it. And you want to know what the 2019-2020 seasonal flu, seasonal influenza vaccine effective rate is? Or not? It's at about 45%. 45% effective. Yeah, effective. Yeah, we all recommend vaccinations for that flu, which, and has, yeah, so many so, different strains, it's hard to get. Yeah, the reason why, why they push it as flu vaccine is a lot of times it's for, not really for people like us, 
it's more people that um, are older immunocompromised. Yeah. Exactly. A lot of the HIV patients benefit from it. A lot of other people benefit because they get the weakened version of it, ideally if they, if they calculate pro- properly, right? But it's a lot easier to convince, you know, the majority of the public to accept the vaccine than to just certain subgroups. You know why? Because, like, people that are in their 50s are like, why do I need to get a vaccine if somebody that's 40 doesn't have to? You know, if you divide it by, by age, right? Yeah, that wouldn't be you fair. Know? Or why is some African American? Why should I get this, this vaccine and not somebody that's white or Mexican? You know, you have to have everybody accept it to make it work. Otherwise, people are gonna feel like they're being um, told not, to do. Yeah, not no told way. to do, but not discriminated against, but like like pinpointed. No, nobody wants to be be forced to do something based on like their age or based on their kind of subgroup or category, right? What if somebody said, "Hey, you gotta get, get vaccinated because you're Polish," right? With a vaccine, you guys were a communist country and there's subconsciously communist think thoughts in your head. You might not act on them, but there is those thoughts because you came up from a communist country. So now you gotta get this anti anti communist vaccine. Jeez, I'd, I'd, with this one. I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd be like, so I'll be like, fuck, dude, really, man? That's, that's, that's how vac- far vaccines have come, you know? But imagine that. Like, imagine that you'd be like, no, like, what the fuck? So this is why you have to give it to the whole public in yeah. a way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it makes sense, but it's wild to see that percentage. Mm-hmm. Like, but there's also the Dumacaco vaccine. But that's like, I guess that's, that's more accepted pneumonia because you hear, you hear you're pneumonia, 65 pneumonia. plus. Yeah, yeah, that's different. Yeah, you hear pneumonia, people are getting more more inclined to take it because when you're 65 and you're 70 and you know you, some of your friends are going to the hospital, oh, like I'm 67, Larry was in a hospital last month, he ended up dying from, from pneumonia and he was 64, I'm 67. This pneumonia is killing people. Yeah, pneumonia kills, kills a lot of people. So older you get, the more of your, unfortunately, friends, people that you know are going to die of pneumonia, sepsis, things like that. And you don't want to go to hospital when you're older because, like, once you enter the hospital, your mortality rate increases by a lot because yeah. you're very sick when you go to the hospital. You're not going to, like, a doctor's office. You're actually legit sick. Stay out of there. Mm. So with this study, they basically took the days between 14 to 90 days. That's usually when that incubation period and you get sick and you're with the symptoms with C19. And they were kind of trying to see what's their percentage of getting psychiatric disorders. And from that time, there was an incident diagnosis rate of 18.1%. So you have a likely chance of developing a psychiatric disorder one in five if you catch C19 mm-hmm. based on this little research study. My question is, is, is it the virus causing these mental changes or is it because the stigma associated with it? I think it has to be like on every level, what the news is doing, mm-hmm. the way you're probably feeling, losing your sense of smell, the isolation that we've experienced in lockdown for six months plus and face mask and losing this human connection with people and constant more fear. There's more shit happening that's negative. I think it's, I think it, that already messes and pollutes our brain. Then imagine getting sick and trying to fight, fight off the, the virus with already such a like low morale mentality. I'm really curious about like the long-term effects of that because like short-term wise like it's okay to be like i want to say short-term depressed if that makes sense but like you know we have different emotions every time but there's weeks you feel more sad than other weeks right there's worse months and there's there's good months and there's better months and there's horrible months right so my thing is like yeah i'm sure people are gonna have like like a short-term cause cause depression and like just sadness because guess what You, you got you got COVID-19, right? You got C-19. So first of all, if you're a normal citizen, every citizen that watches news all the time, it seems like it's almost the end of the world. Like, hey, I could die, right? So people are already getting anxiety from that. 
Number two is their quarantine. They can't see anybody. They can't talk to anybody. They're stuck in their room, right? That's that's isolation, basically. So yeah, that's gonna drive your your mood down for sure. You know, but the thing is, long term wise, is it is it does it actually cause these these psychiatric issues? Does it cause depression long term? Because short term, anything can cause depression short term. You stop eating sugar. If you eat a lot of sugar and you stop eating eating sugar cold turkey, you're gonna be depressed for a week or two because you gotta hop off yeah. that. You gotta detox yourself, right? This is kind of like like the same thing. Except you're not detoxing yourself, you're just being isolated. But you're, yeah. you're forced isolation, right? So, so there's definitely a lot of limitations to this study. One of them is just like you say, hey, we're, we can't follow up with these people after this 90-day period. Maybe it was just this brief moment. Maybe yeah. it's just like this acute experience. You go back to normal. But the risk is there, of course, and it makes sense. But there's just like these epidemiology studies, right? Like about whether meat is bad for you. Well, Yes, it's saying that, you know, saturated fats are bad, but also they're not testing this whole sugar and all this thing that we talk about. Mm. Same thing here is, you know, we're not seeing evidence how the lockdown is affecting people. How are people people's diets being in lockdown? What if they're all of a sudden eating shitty foods? That messes, that makes your brain foggy, you know, that yeah. like it just amplifies everything. Yeah, that's why I want to spread this fear. It's not like, you know, if you have COVID-19, you're going to have depression. Yeah. You know, I just don't want to make people think like that. You know, because yeah. then people are going to be like, oh, my God, I'm I'm sick for two weeks. I got to, you know, isolate for X amount of days. I'm not going to get depression because a couple of nurses said people that get C-19 get depression, they get schizophrenia, eating disorders. Like, no, like, I would never. Yeah, yeah. like, relax, guys. It's not going to happen. It's just like short term wise. Yeah, it's showing that there's a link to it. Long term wise, we're not sure because it hasn't been long enough. But it completely makes sense that that it would cause this. Yeah, and just thinking about this, just because you're a listener, you're probably already about like mindfulness, already self-aware, probably already making healthier food choices. You're already not that average. You know, you're like an outlier of that bell-shaped curve. You're not part of this statistic if you think about it. So, Mm -hmm. of course, keep an open mind. And if I were to give some advice on how to prevent that, because I don't want to just be a messenger of bad news, and that's what the news doesn't do, right? How come they're not telling you to supplement with zinc, vitamin C, and let's just say vitamin D, it's priceless. Why isn't it being said? Because you can't make money off vitamins. And if I were to do anything, I think finding a hobby is a best way to like keep you very entertained mentally, keeps you more satisfied, gives you like an ability to do something with satisfaction. You know, that could be anything small, painting, maybe creative outlet. I don't want to say reading as a hobby, but if that's what you like to do, go ahead and read. But something outdoors like Reconnect with nature. Like this is all preventable, even yeah, if I can you're read sick. outside, huh? I can read outside. Read Go outside. Yeah, just just tune into nature. I feel like that's like a med- that's a medicine that's overlooked. Mm. Oh yeah, for sure. With all the technology, like everyone's, there's nothing nicer really than staying in, like at home inside, right? Because you got the AC or you got the heat if you're cold, and you can just make it so roomy that you don't want to leave, right? But then we forget about nature. That's like where humans, you know, grew up in nature, and you're always gonna feel a different way, more in tune when you're out there with species that are similar to you, right? Because we're all this earth together, right? They're not artificial, you could say. Like, like, you know what I'm saying? Even though, like... My we feet went, to the blocks, like, you know, we like, went we're for, all on this earth, earth together and we, we all have this kind of energy that we provide with each other, like all the animals, like the grass, the flowers, the plants, and the humans. And it's good to experience that, you know, even though you might not feel it the first time, but, you know, it, it adds up compared to living like a home that's like artificially that's that's like a delicate shit but i I was also gonna say that when you're outdoors you're more you're less inclined to go on your phone Mm. and and that grounds you because you being at home and constantly flipping on that phone and going from app to app that you're normally on like 
it makes you feel like you have ADHD. And sometimes you do need to step outside and just take a breath in and be like, whoa. Because yeah. you're always just stimulated. Yeah. Looking back at this study, I might not fully go into depth in this study, but it's pretty staggering numbers. Average person has about 25 to 3.4% of developing some kind of a psychiatric disorder after the hospital hospitalization. If you get C19, your chances of getting a psychiatric disorder such as like depression, personality disorders, anxiety, schizophrenia, eating disorders, and addictive behaviors, you jump from 2.5 to 3.4 all the way up to 18.1. So that's like almost a quarter of people that get diagnosed with C19 get some kind of psychiatric disorder so far in a short term, which is, to me, it sounds horrible, but to the pharmaceutical industry, big pharma, that sounds like a nice big money sign. Yeah, and I even I even had a commercial on SoundCloud for schizophrenia. I was kind of thrown off because I'm like, whoa, I've never seen an ad like that before. You know, you never notice when you talk to yourself? Yeah, man, I'm always <laughs> hearing voices and, you know, there's always, make fun of anybody. the CIA is always looking after me. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's I true, though. Yeah, see, I don't. Yeah, we don't mean we don't mean bad vibes, and we freaking talk some shit, some humor. But but yeah, if somebody were to get offended, like, dude, I don't want to say suck a D, but really just suck a D because you're so sensitive. You know what? You gotta have some good humor in the world. I feel like, especially yeah. with all this stuff going on, even at work, right? We always like, we 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 have dark humor at work, and oh, that, yeah. and we need it because yes, there's people dying around us. But imagine if we were just sad and soaking all this up. And, we would that would have started affecting us at work. That's why we crack jokes. Yeah, you can either laugh with your nursing coworker while putting in a rectal tube, or you could be upset and angry putting in that rectal tube. What's better? Choice is yours. Yeah, probably laughing, dude. Exactly. I'm always laughing. Even though that sounds, you know. Yeah, that sounds mean. bad. You know, for nurses out there, you guys understand. For non-nurses, you don't know, worry. We're, we treat your patients. Yeah, right? we treat you guys well. Sometimes we we laugh around you when you're intubated, sedated. You obviously don't hear us and see us. We're not making fun of you. We're just having a good time with the other nurses. You we, know? We, need a, we need an outlet for all this that we experience at work because we ain't trying to get PTSD around here. That's what I'm saying. So fish oils, are they healthy for us? Great another, question, right? Another food food, uh, food debunked, right? Food debunked, yeah. And, you know, food is interesting because we still have a hard time understanding how all these little components, all these molecules affect our body, come together, how, like, information is exchanged. Like, it's, it's interesting, right? So whether... A fish oil is going to prevent your, you know, omega-3 deficiency. It's questionable. They basically take the fish oil from fish tissue, extract it, put into a pill, which is just, you know, EPA and DHA. And boom, you have your omega-3. They put it into a lot of foods. But whether it's as effective as a real thing, where you guys are going to find out. So omega-3 has a lot of benefits. Its role is important for brain function, normal growth, and development of the human body helps with inflammation. Deficiencies have been linked to health problems uh, at risk for cardiovascular disease, some specific cancer, mood disorders, and even arthritis. But does that actually translate to disease prevention when you take one omega-3 pill? We'll have to see. So <laughs> Stay tuned next episode. <laughs> yeah, a bunch of cliffhangers here. So by the way, so we did this study, we, or we looked into it. It's funded by the U.S. National Institute of Health. So Right away, just looking at this, that's not a good FaceTime to have. Let me mute this. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, that's never going to happen again. So this study was from the New England Journal of Medicine. It took omega-3 fatty acids, and the question was whether it's going to prevent heart attacks, stroke, and death. They took 25,000 people healthy. There was a lot of racial diversity. 
12.7K people were men age above of 50, 13,000 were women at age above 55. So pretty decent scale here of people to study. Everybody took one omega-3 daily, and I told you to two, EPA and DHA. So the main key takeaways from the study is that people that ate 1.3 servings of fish per week, which is about like eight ounces, it didn't really benefit them. It didn't show any improvement. It didn't prevent any cat cardiovascular diseases like in the long term. Mm-hmm. Um, those that don't really consume much fish, it's there could be a benefit. But whether it's worth it, not really. Yeah. So if you're taking an omega-3 already, don't stop. I'm sure it has some kind of help, but you really want to get it from the natural source. Mm-hmm. For some reason... When the fish has all its entire together the vitamins and minerals and all the supporting molecules in the fish because it's made naturally, your body absorbs that a lot better. Mm-hmm. And so it makes sense. Like we always told you guys, whole food first. Like if you're if you're debating whether to take like you know four vitamin A pills or whatever compared to eating like like a fruit that has vitamin A, ideally the fruit's always gonna be better because like Matt said, it's whole food. So there's the vitamins inside plus all the extra stuff that comes comes with it. So like a like a fruit, you don't just have one vitamin; you have multiple vitamins, right? And then plus with all these other minerals and these other you know pieces of of just food that are needed for for each other to be bioavailable to kind of work properly, right? I'm sure by eating fish, you're gonna have a lot better and a lot higher absorption of omega threes, omega sixes, eating that fish compared to just the pill, because that like Matt said, that fish has a bunch of different nutrients that works together like with Synergy, and you're able to fully digest and fully absorb those nutrients because whatever that fish has makes those vitamins more bioavailable than just those vitamins alone. Yeah, and not to mention the fish oil market is about $1 billion a year for over-counter fish oils. Mm -hmm. So with the $1 billion market, you do have to advertise that it's able to protect the heart, it's able to ease inflammation, it's able to improve mental health, it's able to add quality into your life. They have to add this on because it's a freaking selling point. How, how are you going to make a billion dollars a year? Right, and it's interesting because you know what they could do as like studies too? They, so a lot of these companies also do their own studies and they'll obviously want to prove their own point. So in this case, if I'm a company that makes omega-3s, omega-6s, omega-9s, all the omegas or whatever, the fatty fish oils, I, if I'm smart, I will do a study that shows people eating lots of fish and that fish contains a lot of omega-3, omega-6s. And I can make a study that shows if you eat this fish, it improves your cardiac health. Why? Because it has omega-3s, omega-6s, all the fish oils, and now I'm going to sell those fish oils. I want to attribute heart health with these fish oils because those technically are in fish, not the whole fish itself. You know, I'm going yeah. to get the benefit for myself. That's how, that's how these companies think. You know, same with like, a fish that has like, let's say for example, this fish has a lot of iron, you know? So, hey, I'm gonna do the same study. This fish has a lot of iron. People are eating, eating this iron rich fish. So now I'm gonna say that, hey, if you eat these iron pills that come from this fish or this fish has as much iron and it's making these people a lot healthier, take this iron pill. Why? Because people that eat this fish full of iron are healthier. Yeah. And that's some shit. Not the, don't eat the whole food, just eat this iron pill. That's all you really need. Yeah, and like we like we're still understanding like the littlest things about like disease process and things are just changing literature all the damn time. Yeah. So 
stick to the natural food source. Mm. We can't even like, that's the next thing I want to, I want to tackle the multivitamins. How effective are they? I think we tell them a few times and this is, and it show, those studies always show, we've said multiple times that multivitamins and vitamins are good as like supplemental. Yes. So in cases of you cannot get those vitamins, that's when you should take those vitamins. It's, it's a good insurance plan for your yeah. body if you can't get them in. The person that gets all their vitamins from whole foods is always going to be healthier than the person that gets their vitamins from half whole food and half multivitamins, always. Because you're getting all the extra things included that comes with it. Yep, I agree with you, man. And you might be wondering, how do I get my omega-3s in for the week? Well, the American Heart Association recommends two serving sizes a week, which is about seven ounces of fish a week. Long story short, buy one pound of Atlantic salmon, wild caught please, split it between your spouse, and that's your daily or weekly serving of omega-3s. The reason why I say Atlantic and wild caught is because if you buy just like, it's not organic. If you buy just salmon, usually they use the red dyes. They use the dyes to make them like more brighter, mm -hmm. colorful. So you want to just get wild caught Atlantic. It costs more, but it is healthier. Yeah, a lot of times people say the pinker the, the salmon, the better. Not necessarily. And in, in, uh, in the wild, salmon aren't, aren't as pink as, you know, some of these these brands proclaim them to be. Because they're no. not. Because, yeah, all the added, they add the pink coloring or they farm grown genetically to bring out that, that, that pinkness because it sells better. It's, it's just like damn freaking pickles. Like, why do you guys got to make that shit greener? It's just, just let the pickles be pickles. I don't want the extra additives, but mm -hmm. it, it looks good on the shelf and it's a selling point. Yeah. And if you want to compare them, try both fish. You could eat them at the same day and you'll see that the salmon that's wild caught, it's way more meatier. You can, when you bite into it, it's a meatier texture of the fish. And you, I, I love that for that reason. Mm. I eat the skin too, I like the skin. Some people don't like, don't like this, the skin. But if you get nice and crunchy, skin's fire. So low-key, I threw out that skin that one time when we packed it. I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of it for some reason. Yeah, I like any kind of skin. I like the whole animal, you know. I like to be, I like to use all of it. I'm saying. I was waiting for you to say freaking goof. Except the bones. You can't eat the bones, but, you know. Man likes to program that he likes to eat the whole animal, but he always takes off the skin. <laughs> you know, he's like a little baby, he's like a little baby lion. For sure, Still man. Growing, I'm dude. growing, man. I thought the hair down's going to get big. Yeah. So guys, thank you for tuning in to this episode. We talked about the AstraZeneca virus. We talked about vaccine. This, the vaccine. I see virus. I mean, it is a virus technically, un, not a life form. <laughs> we talked about um, the bi-directional study between psychiatric disorders and C19. Find a hobby. Get outside of nature. They'll prevent that. And we talked about fish oils. They are not as effective as once told to be. So just get your daily fish intake once a week and you'll be fine. Thank you for tuning in. Peace out, guys. Peace.